Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Star for the Universe On Call. I am Paul France, owner of France Games. of an SFB Online, FedCom Online, and Starfleet Warlord. Just remind how to join us for a talk cast every Thursday starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can either call on the phone to start at 605-562-0444 and just follow the directions. The call ID is one seven seven zero two. Or you can participate on the web, just go to the Talks website at www.talkshoe.com and search for quality 17702. And if you need to contact me for any reason, my email address is sfuoncallgm.com. That's S-F-U-O-N-C-A-L-L at gmail.com. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, while it still exists, you can also follow me on sfuoncall. And if you want to follow my personal account, that's Paul Franz, P-A-U-L-F-R-A-N-Z. There's no T in that. And also, if you want to follow me, follow my business account, that's Franz Games, F-R-A-N-Z-G-M-E-S. And of course, this lovely talk cast gets turned to podcast available on iTunes and various feeds across the net and obviously also on YouTube and Twitch. Moving on forward, when it comes to news from A to B, um, there's not much new from A to B this week. Um, just a reminder, though, that they have plenty of free material on the website, including um, Cadet Training Manual. Actually, don't have it on the website, but they have a link to all the e-tailers that have available for free, just for the cost of basically creating an account with them, which means they have your email address, which is I think is a small price to pay for something free, especially because it is, guess what, free. Um, and they do have something online, which is on their website, which is a free copy of Federation Commander that is it's called First Missions. It's an introduction into Federation Commander itself. So feel free to stop by starfleetgames.com and look for those items. Now, moving on to SWB Online Tournaments, in this case, tournament. Um, Sapphire Star 13 tournament. We are down to the finals. It's Kingzilla in the RKR versus the Mad Jack. That's Jack Taylor in the Hydrant. Which was interesting that um, Mad Jack beat Hood, who is fly- was flying the Fed. And I don't know who, who beat um, Crash and Burn on, in the Wax. I forget who that was. That, I think that was I think that was Kingzilla was, was who who won. Moving on with to the, uh, not nothing much when it comes to online client stuff. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago I actually released, got everything down the door for the latest release of the online client. If there's any issues, please tell me. A reminder: um, one there is one change. There is no demo button anymore, so you have to sign up for an account to have a demo to have a quote unquote demo account. You just have to create an account and that's fine um i am going to be changing the website soon i'm working on it to actually give you a, a separate sign up page for just creating a demo account 
the idea there is I want to be able to know who's who's playing, give them, you know, send them an email and say, oh, well, welcome to SFB Online. You know, here's some here's some websites, here's maybe some videos and so forth that you can listen to to introduce you into the client and so forth. And basically be a little more helpful, a little more um, active in in trying to encourage people to sign up to SFB Online or FedCom Online. Moving on to the library report, um, we do have some more cards I for for FedCom and some more SSDs for the SFB library, but unfortunately I have not had a chance to process them. I will be working on those hopefully this weekend. Not sure because also I'm going to be spending most of my weekend either at Doug's or um, SFB or Starfleet Warlord or also the other thing is I'm going to spend a good part of the day uh, with Franciscans. So with that, that is the news for this week. And this is me, Sonny Wallen, all friends, welcoming you to Starfleet Universe On Call. And tonight, we've got me, we got Barry for a little bit. Doug should be, um, hopefully, Back. Hold on. Let me check something. I just want to check to see if I think he actually got off the phone, which means I'll probably have to get him back in. That's what I'm gonna have to do to have him join. Um. But anyhow, so how you doing? How you doing, Barry? Uh, exhausted. I think. <laughs> uh, did I talk to you since I got back from Alaska? Um, I, I think a little bit, not much. Uh, that was a kind of last minute, um, where, um, I went to my daughter's wedding in Washington state and Gavi was, um, well, you know, uh, uh, after the wedding, she was like, yeah, she wasn't going to be bothered talking to me or her sister or her sister's husband. So her sister's husband, Jamie, said, well, since she's not talking to us, let's go to Alaska since we're already on the West Coast. I'm, I'm <laughs> with that. Oops. Took a lot of fabulous photos. We had a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I know you sent me uh, a few of them. Yeah, yeah. So the end of March is interesting. Uh, it's before a lot of stuff is still boarded up. There are towns that literally shut. They board up and shut down. Board up the towns, literally, uh, from mm-hmm. like uh, September through the end of May. So you you can't get there. I mean, they don't even have the streets plowed out. They they don't even bother. It's like okay, when the when the snow melts, and in those areas, it don't melt till end of May. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the the plus side was, and everything up there is freaking expensive. So, um, but um, the Airbnbs are actually dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. And available because it's their off season. 
So we got some really nice deals on Airbnbs. That's pretty cool. And there are a few activities that are available at that time of year that are not available during the, the short summer they have, which is their main tourist season. Uh, there was a couple of companies that were uh, advertising and uh, you want to have a sled dog ride. You can get a tour uh, uh, where, where you're getting pulled on a, on a, you're on a sled and being pulled by uh, a whole team of dogs. Would have been kind of cool, but we didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, we got to spend the night in New York, which was kind of interesting. And it snowed two feet during that night. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with New York. There, um, no indoor plumbing. So when it snowed two feet overnight, it's like every time you had to go pee, it was like, okay, make the snow yellow, which was an option for me and, and, my, and my son-in-law, Jamie, but my, my daughter, who's six months pregnant, well, she was, <laughs> she was a trooper. Yeah, and uh, went, uh, got to North Pole, Alaska. Uh, actually called Ken Burnside while I was in North Pole and said, hey, guess where I'm at? Because I know Ken was born and raised in North Pole, Alaska. They have a very nice uh, store up there selling uh, all sorts of Christmassy things. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Well, it, if you're going to name the town North Pole, Alaska, you're going to be open for tourists, right? That's Do what you're doing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Went to a couple of diners for breakfast and had elk in my omelet. Cool. It's a long, long flight. Mm -hmm. So from uh, Seattle, Charlotte is four and a half hours. Mm -hmm. From Seattle to Anchorage is three and a half hours. Wow. A little bit shorter, but not much. Yeah. Seattle is a two-hour drive from the Canadian border, and we flew three and a half hours, flew, not drove, flew three and a half hours north of there. That was Anchorage. Right. And then we drove, and it took us a couple of days to drive up to Fairbanks. Now, if you did it in one go, you could do it in seven hours, but we, we, we made a couple of stops along the way. Oh, understood. It took us a couple of days. Yeah. And, and the mountains are spectacular because that main road goes right past um, Denali, which is over 20,000 foot elevation. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, that is taller than the highest peaks in Europe and Africa and Australia. 
The only two continents that have a higher peak than Denali are South America and Asia. That makes sense. You got the Himalayas, which are pretty <laughs> high up there. Yeah. In Asia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Himalayas, yeah. But that's it. Outside of Asia and Europe, outside Asia and South America, that is the tallest peak in the world. Wow. And we were within 40 miles of it. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was spectacular, just spectacular. Now, in the summertime, everything's opened up. But, you know, summertime is a very short period of time, and you, you want that same Airbnb that we got last minute for cheap, and if you wanted that in, say, July, it's like, no. Nah. Mm -hmm. It's booked out three years in advance. Oh, oh, understood, understood. Yeah, my wife was is going to the West Coast when? I forget when it is. I think it's August. In fact, I know it's August. And mm. that's nuts because she, 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 the way she's planning on it is on the way back is she's going to get to a near the airport, get a hotel there, and then take an early morning flight. Like a, a 5 a.m. flight. Yeah. You know. Oh, gosh. To fly home from. Well, because it's, it was cheaper, you know, than, than um, yeah, you know, she's going to have to stay for. Taking for, a red eye? Yeah, she, she, could have taken, she could have taken a red eye, but I, I told her, I was like, my love, no, no. You're not, you're not a person who really is well, comfortable sleeping on a plane. I am. Well, I, can, I can sleep anywhere. The problem with yeah, I, I've slept on planes many times before. Uh, the problem with a red eye, with, with, with a 5 a.m. flight, is that you need to be, what airport is this? Um, I don't remember. I, th I think it's like. What state? What city? It's California. I think it's San Diego. San Diego. Okay. I know the airport. I've flown through San Diego airport. Um, yeah, San Diego airport. You probably want to be at the airport an hour and a half before the flight. Mm -hmm. I know. So now you need to be at the airport at three thirty in the morning, mm -hmm. which, depending on how long it takes you to get out of bed, um, probably waking up at about two thirty in the morning. Mm -hmm. Just take the freaking red eye. I'm not quite sure she'll. She, she, the thing is, she's gonna be coming off this this week, this two week long retreat, and yeah, around noon time. You know, so right. you know, I I, I told her just find a hotel, just chill out, have a nice dinner, don't rush it, and just you know get go to bed early and then take the the, the early morning flight. No. Oh man, if if I if I do that, I'm gonna take like the eight or nine a.m. flight. Yeah, but there's only two flights uh, out of there. <laughs> I don't. Think... At, least, at least. Well, yeah, for the, San Diego. For the airline she wants to take. So. Which airline is that? Uh, Delta. Delta. Oh boy, and which means you're connecting through probably Atlanta. 
year. I've flown out of San Diego or, in, or in, into and out of San Diego a time or three. So. Mm-hmm. The last time I was through that airport was about a year and a half ago. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Yes. My wife never. Now, getting back from Alaska, it was, it was yeah. an hour yeah. flight from Fairbanks to Anchorage and a three and a half hour flight to Seattle then a four-and-a-half-hour flight to Charlotte, and then an hour flight to BWI. Sometimes there were three- or four-hour layovers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it took two days. <laughs> I left Fairbanks one day, and I got home late, late, late the next night. But I did get to spend a, a, a night in Anchorage on that on that trip home. Hmm. And I'm about to pass out, so okay. I'm gonna call it a night, guys. So, sorry to, yeah. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I'll holler sometime. Okay, well, he's not gone. <laughs> okay. So how you doing, Doug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am here. That's good. Spring is also apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spring has sprung down here in Harrisburg. Oh, yeah. over here in Reading, it's the same thing. Had to set up the um, air conditioner for my daughter last night, which was fun because I had to go downstairs, go to the basement, drag it all the way up to the two flights of stairs, and then and then you know set it up, you know, um, put the screws in in the windows and so forth to hold it hold it steady and so forth because. My daughter doesn't like getting a little warm. And as is, I don't have, that's, her room is the only air conditioner in the house that's currently running. We don't have, my wife and I, we don't have air conditioner running in our room. We don't have the air conditioner running down here. So it's, yeah, it's, eh, inside the house is like 81 degrees. But it's not too bad. Yeah, David, it does work. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll, when it comes to your yeah. issue with using talk shoe, I'll have to figure that out. Uh, it was saying you know, I had a browser issue. Mm-hmm. So I'll just have to, like, screw around with that. Yeah, what, what browser are you using? Uh, Firefox. Okay. Do you have um next time try a Chrome browser, Chrome Chromium based browser like Brave or or Chrome itself, or Vivaldi, or uh, what, what else is what else is there, Edge. You know, because last time I checked with Talkshoe, Talkshoe is really really picky about the browser. Now this is it's been a while. It's been quite a few years now since 
that they did the major switch and and when they did the major switch into the new interface and all that kind of thing that it they broke all the rest of the browsers except for chrome it's like internet wow. explorer in and when in the 90s you know where internet explorer you, you if your website had to work with internet explorer it worked it with any other browser that was fine but the main one was internet explorer boom Well, thing is, I was hearing you guys, and oh. you weren't hearing me on the. Uh, well, it's because I can't. Un uh, I can't unmute you. Every time I try to unmute you, it fails. Uh -huh. No, uh -huh. it, it might be something. I'm assuming that you you got notified that oh, are you gonna allow them to you know, um, you know, allow the use of the camera and and the um, microphone. At least the microphone for you, because I know you don't have a camera on, on that computer. You got prompted for that, yeah, right? We'll, we'll figure it. Right say there, that again. You got prompted to say, "Okay, will you allow them to use your your cam your uh, microphone?" Actually, I did not. Okay, then I, I, if I were you, I would I, I would check Firefox and make sure you don't have we that. We can check it. We can look at it. Yeah. We can work on it Saturday if you want. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Privacy, security. I'm just gonna look at that for a moment. You'll be like sitting right here. Right. Oh. Like, everything. Understood. I was gonna look at this for a moment. Right. Settings. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, you can. There's a, there's the one that you can say block new requests for actions for it. If that's enabled in the in the um, preferences, then that that will never prompt you so it, it might be that but anyhow moving getting to actually to our topic for this evening even though it's like a half an hour's already gone oh well not quite half an hour 20 minutes um well what i was thinking about for a topic for this evening was um basically given the Environment, that's the best way, gaming environment today. The question I have is SFB or even Federation Commander, is it too complicated for today's gamers? You know, is it, is it, if they look at the, do they look at the rule book and go, eh, I'll pass. You know, because, um, yeah, SFB itself, you know, I think, Doug, you, you will agree has a lot of rules you know if you boil it down yes it's not it's not that many but for a beginner unless you have someone sitting there by your side saying you know okay let, let, let's just go through the basics bum, 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 bum. that might and going through the basics might take oh half an hour you know to, to start with you know and then and then you have to start start you know learning about okay how to do energy allocation and all, all that kind of thing but the question I think is, there's definitely a okay go. I think there's definitely a bit of culture shock with it mm -hmm. because uh, you know most people aren't used to that particular depth of gaming stuff. And before I got into SFB, I I, I was quite familiar with war games in general. I was an old FPI player mm -hmm. as well. Right. So, you know, it, so I, I think the problem. For a quote newer generation, 
is just simply what are they used to, and mm-hmm. it's not SFP. And a lot of the people who played the game that we met on a regular basis over the decades, they're attracted to it for different reasons and different ways. But there also uh, is a tendency for them to be uh, drawn from a group that is quite okay with dealing with voluminous amounts of information. Yeah. I mean, we're talking... Uh, look, look at what we were just talking with Barry. Barry's an engineer. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, when you have that level of intellect and willingness to put the patience to put the time into it, that's not where a lot of people are coming from. It's part of why it was always, even way back in the day, um, kind of a one percenter thing of the gaming industry. True. Um, True. They're the one. The, yes, the people are one percenters of the one percenters. Respects and the only more one um, percent uh, than that would be some of the people who do like uh, some of the mega game style humongous uh, old war games where it would take like two or three tables to set up and you're playing World War Two on a battalion scale or something like that. Right, right, which is which is crazy. <laughs> rules. But, but which is crazy, yeah. Yeah, but the, the the thing is, in that case, the the big thing is they, especially for, um, as was that one YouTube channel that that we were looking at, uh, the Napoleonic War. Oh no, you were thinking of. Um, uh, you were thinking of the gaming group down in York, the uh, right, miniatures game group. Right. Oh and, my gosh! Yes. Uh, excuse me, Keith. Uh, and, and the name is just evading me at the moment. Little Wars, Little Wars TV. Yeah. Those guys. Right. The, you're, you're talking about in their genre, you have people that are very deeply into the historical stuff, and they're quite willing to play with complex rule sets and so right. on and so on. Exactly. And of course, genres, ages, eras, everything else. Right. Uh, SFB, though, even even breaking it down into the more modern sense of games, look at what the competition is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of the games that you're competing with are just nowhere near as complex. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and a lot of people just don't want to spend the time doing that. Oh, understood. Uh, the, the vast, yeah, unless unless it just really piques their interest for whatever reason. Right, and that can happen, especially given, good grief, um, was it okay? This did uh, does uh, forget who it is. Um, whether it was who owns Star Trek. The IP is yes, it's still Paramount. It's still Paramount. Um, and they've been definitely, yeah. as of late, been very um, open <clears throat> about adding new um, TV shows 
using you know using that to expand their IP, the, the, the sorry the usage of their IP, um, and expanding that and, and bringing in interest into Star Trek, which is and you think about it is very is a very old sci-fi universe. It's from back in the '60s, you know, 1960s, not 1860s, not that old. Um, but um, so that that's a, that's a help there, and that could be um, a, a hook to to capture some of those people. Obviously, as you pointed out, that the complexity of the game, the detail of it, because when when SFB came out. Yes, it was complex. It was, it was kind of a one percenter game, for the most part. But uh, maybe not one percent. I'm gonna maybe give it a ten percent. Um, and the only reason I say that is because of in the in that day and age, we didn't have complex computer games. In some cases, we didn't have computer games oh, when, when it first came out. Because SFB came out what 1975? Is that it was somewhere in the 70s? It was way back. Yeah, it's way back. I agree there. Um, but way uh, back, man. Yeah. Oh, understood. Um, and given that, you know, there were no computers, and therefore, the if when people wanted to simulate kind of realism, you never you didn't think about a computer. The idea is you you write when it comes to board games. You would write up a game. You'd write up the rules. You have it so that you know it. It wasn't too too bogged down in the details. Though I'm sure there are games that came out that were too bogged down in details, and so they failed. You know, the, uh, that some people even like. I'm sure there's there's the, the the those really one percenters who liked even the complexity and they liked all the the details to the such a degree that even though the, it seemed like the complexity and the detail was so so much they still they love that 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 level of detail and that was the one great thing about sfb when when it came out and it's still one of those i think one of those great benefits for sfb is the detail you know uh, obviously when it first came out way back in the day when when it came a little booklet like this big um it's you know what like a, a four by six not maybe a, like six by eight you know, little rule book, maybe ten pages long for the for the original. This is the original. This is when there weren't that many empires. You know, you had your Klingon, you have your Federation. You, um, you can. I think Romulan was part of expansion. You know, I think it was expansion one, two, and three. Am I got that right, Doug? Do you remember? Oh yeah, one, two, three. You're, you're okay. on that. Okay, cool. Um, there was uh, there were several expansions. Right, and and then so and then, then they grew a lot. Mm-hmm. And then they expanded and so forth. And of course, then then we had the great uh, tournament kind of revolution, where people would would come to conventions, and we had these gaming conventions where people would come from all. All over the country. Now, this, remember, this is still pre-internet age, so people aren't communicating over, you know, over the internet. The way people got together and played is that you you would either go to a local con or a national convention 
you know, this is when things start really ramping up when it comes comes to that. And that's when that's when we had the the issue that Steve Cole had the issue when when they're running tournaments. That of course the rules they they found out that people were in, interpreting the rules different ways. And that's and then of course Steve Cole went you know we can't have this. We got this is the you know, he, he would explain this is the way the rules are supposed to be. You know, this is this is the rule. This is how it works. You know, and then people go, oh. So what happened is, of course, that's why SFP started growing in size. The number of details in the rules for specifying the different interactions and so forth because of that issue of people um, trying to understand the rules and not really understand the rules correctly at least the way steve cole wanted them to know it so that, that he had to, to write more more he had to write that more detail which anyone who's been playing has to be long enough the details do we actually memorize all the details no we don't what we do when it comes to the details is that every once in a while you'll see us pop out the rule book either the you know the the paper copy or hopefully an ebook copy, because ebook copy in my mind is always the best thing when it comes to um, searching for things. You can actually search for a rule, and then you can search for okay. It's, it's a lot, in my mind, is a lot easier to handle. Of course, before ebook copies, we we had it we had to do it by hand, and and then of course we had the errata that got got published and sent out. Oh, that was always always fun part. About that, these days you, you can do it e if you do an ebook form, you can actually update the the ebook to have the corrections, which are the most egregious. Because obviously, anyone who, who creates a product, they don't want to go back and edit it for a second, a second or third or fourth, fifth time, you know, because it's you're not producing more products, you're just supporting the old product. Now, do you have to support the old product? Yes, you do, but you know you don't want to waste your time doing supporting the older product and have no new product to sell, you know, but um, yeah, the, I, the th that that is that's the reason why I asked the question is the the level of detail when it comes to modern gamers, and whether they be interested in it, and more importantly, uh, of course, I think my um, view is skewed because you know as of ho, 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 how long has it been? Since I went to Origins, you know, or any any major convention, you know, Origins or um, what's the one in Indianapolis, Gen Con. Um, Gen Con, yeah. Yeah. And and seen other board games, you know, because the only time I I, I go to a, you know you're you know the games are winter, games are summer, the the uh, genre of the game is pretty limited. You know, people aren't playing tactical board games. Now, at Origins well, or Gen Con, you have people playing tactical board games. In some cases, there are... There... It's a niche. Go, Doug. Niche thing. It is a niche thing. It is a thing that appeals to a small percentage of the population. No, I mean... It, it literally is, and that's something that you have to kind of accept. It, it, if I made a, a new online 
MMORPG setup tomorrow, that would still be a very niche thing online. Mm-hmm. And I would have to accept that I'm not going to get a million people overnight to do it. Uh, I'd be happy to get a few hundred in them. But, but SFB is literally a it's part of a genre that is extremely small within the overall gaming community. So, you know, take that for what you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. I mean, it does make for a very, um, a very loyal player base, but it's a very small loyal, loyal player base. So that is true. And you know, we've been trying, I've been trying for years to generate some kind of interest to come out to gamers of winter gamers of summer do an event for that you know mm-hmm. and we've seen how that goes over the years yeah. <laughs> the days of uh, origins are way way past uh, those glory days are kind of gone right now mm-hmm. understood and, and- yeah. Well, what you would really have to do, let me finish this. Okay. If you really want to see that sort of thing come back, what you would really need to do, in my personal opinion, would be to rebuild it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Totally, 100%. Yeah, of course you would. Rebuild it. Well, you mean rebuild the player base or, or rebuild the game? game itself. Uh, that's because not... No, that's... That, you and I know it's evolutionary process right. of this game um, becoming a big deal and how it evolved from one little book to um, basically uh, the huge the Commander's Edition. Uh, the time frame it took to do that. How many times did we hear Steve Cole say, we're putting out a new edition here and we won't have any errata? Okay. He yeah. didn't say that often. Because um, there, there was only... He didn't say it often. There were, well, not, not really, because how many, how many um, different editions did he have? We had, what, four editions. We had the initial, then we had the designer's edition, then we had the, ca- the commander's edition, and then we had the captain's edition. After the captain's edition, there's no more editions. Right. But we have... Uh, we have... Um, but what you have there is it's, it's, it's literally kind of like if you want something that people will sit down and play, you know, FedCom comes a little closer to getting it into a modern generation where a lot of the the bookkeeping part of it mm-hmm. goes away. Agreed. And remember that when this all started out, it was kind of a, a first for itself. 
It wasn't the only thing that hit that genre. It wasn't the only thing that hit the concept of being in space or tactical space battles, but it was unique in in its own way. Mm -hmm. And new for its time. That newness has passed. Yeah. And and Doug, I think that... Yeah, the one thing I was going to mention is that I, as pointed out, you know, when it comes to the genres, um, the when SAP originally came out, the tactical board game was a larger um, chunk of the board gaming scene. You know, you had your tactical board games and you had your more... Not, you know, normal board games like Mon- uh, Monopoly or whatever, where you actually place had pieces on on the board. You know, you know, and then at one point, what happened? We had Magic the Gathering. You know, the, the whole idea of, of car collectible card games, just or just card games itself. You know, they you know, card games initially was a very small portion of the gaming market. You know, and then Magic the Gathering came, and it, it wiped out some a lot of the the board games, because that everyone wanted Magic the Gathering. It was you know they could buy Magic the Gathering re, a, a deck relatively cheap compared to it might cost sixty dollars, you know, fifty to sixty dollars. Now this is back in the day, you know. Well, where, the thing no, about this is uh, Magic Gathering is very abusive, though. It. You have that initial cheap little purchase, right? But then it gets expensive. Oh, oh, I agree. Oh, I agree, and that's why that and the competition was was rife with with competitors saying, "Hey, we're we're going to be the next Magic the Gathering," and that's why some of the local game store went out of business because they they bought all these different collector card games and they weren't selling. Even though they, they believed, because they believed all the hype, saying, oh, this is going to be the next Magic the Gathering, which is not Magic the Gathering. You know? Actually, there's a reason a lot of these places went out of business. Um, number one thing is changing business models over time. I, and it's like, I, I watched the ones that succeeded and stayed around for the longest time were the ones that adopted a let's rent some tables out kind of thing and became mini venues on top of selling games. So there's a whole, that's a whole hour or 10 of topic there by itself. But uh, I think where you should, are you trying to get at like how do you recreate the lightning in a bottle aspect of that? How do you play off of that? I mean, no. is, you know, SFP versus Magic the Gathering, it's literally apples and oranges oh, in comparison. Understood. I'm just... I'm not talking, I'm yeah. talking about mechanics. No, I'm just talking about the history of gaming itself. Because of, we had, at the, at the very beginning of time, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, <laughs> maybe not quite that that far back, but you get the picture. There were the, the number of genres wasn't that many. You know, 
you had your, your kind of regular board games. Of course, you had your you had card games. You know the normal fifty two card game deck. You had Pinochle. You, you know those are the standard standard fare. And then came the the board game industry industry where it actually created board games like Life, Monopoly, things like that. And then you that was the pedestrian games. And then you moved upward to other gaming. Um, uh, Games. There's whole. There's whole series. There, there, there's whole series out there that you can watch. They give you the history of gaming and board gaming and everything else. Um, oh, understood. I'm, I'm, word, I'm, not, word. I'm not trying to re- repeat. You know, <laughs> give the history here, but I just want to give a, uh, an idea of the context of SFB and Federation Commander. And um, given given that environment then how they could actually thrive versus possibly today which is people at least the way i feel about it is that when it comes to tactical board games they expect it to be done on the computer all the rules be done on the computer and a lot of things being automated for them versus playing a tactical board game on a physical board, you know, moving counters on the board, you know, and and then marking down, okay, you damage on your ships. You know, I, th- I think at least to me that seems like the expectation. But of course, I might I might have a skewed sense here because, as I said, I, most of my my physical board gaming experience is from Gamers of Winter, Games of Summer, which is tactical board games in that in that place. Pff, that's a rare thing, you know. Um, there's more of Euro games, you know, the, those kind of European style games uh, are more like what, what that group mainly focused on. Uh, you know, still had some, uh, still had the Dungeons and Dragon people, they're doing their thing, but everything else was pretty much Euro games for the most part, you know. Um, yeah, the, Barry and I would play a, you know, a tactical board game, you know. As a B or, or um, Federation Commander, you know, and every once in a while I I, I have a demo of like Starfleet uh, Marines, you know, which was a, a really rare, a rare thing. Gamers thing is actually kind of a microcosm. I mean, of the gaming industry, uh, outside of computer games, and mm-hmm. you know, SFB was an attempt to simulate. Where you had to do all the paperwork yourself, right? You had to do all the mechanics. You had to do the energy allocation and the movement allocation and this, that, and the other. Annually, do every impulse as you're moving through the map. You know, all that, but when you're talking about in context of gamers, uh, you know, gamers just it has different genres of games, and like you're saying, the popular sets are you know D&D that's third to half of the people that come in mm-hmm. then you know, the Euro game style of games of not necessarily the old Grognard war games is the next largest section because they're easy to learn right oh easy understand. To grasp, and some, sometimes hard to master Mm-hmm. Look and, at Puerto Rico. You can sit down and learn that in ten minutes. 
literally 10 minutes or less how to play it and then uh, there's so much variation in it that you know it can take you know years to you can get years of enjoyment out of it mm-hmm. but oh. sfp it's a niche thing and it's this thing for a reason same thing with fedcom so fedcom alleviates some of those things it doesn't get rid of all of them it doesn't dump the complexity issue of it so yeah i mean going going forward i think that if you really wanted to get the sfp thing popular to a new generation of gamers You'd really have to redesign the game. Well, the, well, well, Doug, the problem with that is that then it wouldn't be SFP. It would, it would, well, the, it, the problem is nobody wants to learn it. Yeah. Well, Doug, okay. That, that's that's <laughs> no, no, no. Doug, that are learning or the. I, I understood, but we have to go. We have to go back though. Here, because here, here is the gotcha. Of the and that is how when it comes to the genre of tactical board games where you you have hex hexes where you're moving around and you're doing this the tactical scale. I'm not talking about like F and E where it it is a um, strategic scale, which you know which I think is I would think is a little more popular. You could obviously tr- trim that down and, and simplify it and so forth, but. Um, are those still do, do people have, still have an interest in playing those kind of games? Let's start at the basics here. You know, I'd say there's a yes and no to that. Down to it being a very niche interest. Oh, understood. I, I understand. I'm not. I'm not That's saying majority of people. Okay, go. They, they, they have, if they have gaming involved in their life, they have, it's usually something else that's simpler and not as complex. Mm-hmm. Oh, understood. But the, the... They do the same to the day that they did 20 years ago, which is go out to those venues where they can find people of like mind. Mm-hmm. Where are you trying to go with this whole thing? Right. So a way to rebuild the SFP player base? No, I'm not. I'm the key question here is can a game like SFP, whatever you want to call it, can it thrive in a, at least in a, you know a small community, in this current um, environment, where you, where the idea of having a, a tactical board game that you can that people yeah. will be interested in and actually play it now this this is you know this is this is not historical this is sci-fi or you know this is a futuristic oh, okay. kind of, that that kind of genre I'm not talking about historical here. Because historical, that, that that's a to, that's a totally different genre. In that, um, people like to replay the the great battles of the past. 
and they and the and Lord knows they will discuss in infinitum the history of this battle, you know, and and what well, with, actually happened, with, and possibly with, having a simulation of what of, of what happened, or okay, what would happen, or of course the whole what if scenarios of the past, of okay, you can well, what, what happened if this the 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 the, the reinforcements showed up in time instead of being late, or you know, or they actually had you know good soldiers versus slaves or whatever. I'm you know I'm, I don't I don't don't I don't know that much about historical battles. You're going off on a little tangent there. The 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 thing is this: the board gaming, tactical board gaming, of the SFB variety. I think the question is answering itself because we're not seeing a lot of people come in to try it at gamers, for instance, who aren't already involved in it, who have not been involved. Who, yeah, they've already been involved in it for a significant amount of time prior. Mm-hmm. I and. and Look, the competition for it is, you know, there, there is computer games are huge. Console games are absolutely a monster huge thing. Mm-hmm. If, okay, if Steve Cole had the funds and the willingness do a national advertising campaign and actually put a huge budget out there of getting the word out about, hey, here's the latest edition, here's the last edition of Starfleet Battles, here's the last edition of you know, Fed Commander. You want to, and he did some kind of advertising that hits the general public instead of it's maybe a game that you might see in a game store if you can find a game store. And it's maybe something you might see at a small convention or a large convention if somebody shows up to run it and other people show up to play it in significant numbers. He might actually net a bunch of people that will try it, and out of that bunch of people that would try it, some people will stick with it and a lot of people won't. He used to advertise way back in the day, but that was mostly like in magazines that were already in the gamer community. Right, because that's, so, that's the target audience. You know, this is not for General the, Joe Schmo. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you exclude General Joe Schmo, then how do you expect it to grow out into that audience? I mean, General Joe Schmo, the audience out there, they know D&D because it's on Stranger Things. Right. They know Settlers of Khan because it was on Big Bang Theory. You know, niche things that, things that we don't consider niche within the gaming community because they're popular are actually rather niche things to the general public. So if you want to see another generation of people have an interest in SFB, then you have to either evangelize
utilize it a lot yourself. Like every time you meet somebody, say, hi, let's play SFD to like every single person you meet. Or, you know, the company that owns it needs to go out there and throw some advertising into places where um, where it would, uh, you know, have some chance of taking root. It, it's like that old proverb. I, I don't remember it word for word, but, you know, the thing about, like, uh, being evangelical, so to speak, you know, you throw your seeds here, you throw your seeds there, and if you throw the seeds into places where they're not going to grow, then, you know, it's not going to work. <laughs> but, oh, that, that's a bad tangent, sorry. The, that's fine. The thing is, SFB was a niche thing amongst the niche people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, to un-niche it, it has to be put out to a larger audience. Yeah. Well, again. Generate. Oh, understood. That it, if you want, if you want yeah, SFB to grow in a, in, a, in a tremendous fashion, but I don't think SFB will ever grow in a tremendous fashion without basically gutting it and saying, "Oh, this SFB," and then all the previous gamers going, "Oh, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. This is not SFB." You know, which is why you have to create a new game, which Federation Commander goes goes to to a point. It's it's almost it's this close it's this close to being the beer and pretzels game that they're looking for you know the closest one to a brilliant pretzels game that that currently adb offers is starfleet battle force you know the, the the card game that that's the closest thing to a beer and pretzels game that, that they currently have because no die. It's just cards. It's 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 not that complicated. Now, it's you know, um, to to me that game is uh, is good for two to four players, and that's and and that's about it. And unfortunately, that that there was the the flaw in the game design of. Of that was just the way the cards work. You know, it, it works fine if you just have that one deck. But trying to expand it, which I, I know, I know the whole idea of it to begin with was that okay, this the, you need this card deck and that's it. You don't need to get any expansions. But there was no way to add expansions. <laughs> was it was the issue later on is if you want to add other empires, you want to add the Lyrans, you want to add. Hydrants, you want to add these other things all of a sudden what you know when it comes you, you have to add those weapons into the card deck which then uh, at that point it um uh it, uh what is down the, the card deck so you have even less chance of actually getting a card that has your weapon in it you know so that, that, that to me that was a uh, uh one of those things that I don't think it'd be thought about, which was the, the idea of exp- adding cards. Maybe not a whole whole another deck that you can you can, you add to it, but the whole idea of adding new cards, new empires. You know, not not to sell more. You know, the same, uh, not to sell more decks of a of a product, but to have it so that it it wasn't 
it, it was alive. You know, that, that's, all, that's one of the things that was with SFB itself was that, you know, for many, many, many years, ADB was, was always producing modules, you know, expansions that you actually could have. So you have new, new, new ships. Um, you know, obviously you have the different empires and we, we still had those for many, many, many years. We had new empires, whether they were from, you know, a new part of the, the, um, the Milky Way galaxy or from a, a different galaxy all itself. You know, I understand that those weren't nearly as popular, but it was a way to expand what was what was defined as being SFB. Um, so the, the, what you have to do is is uh, is take it down to an, another notch. In other words, boil it down a little bit more, make it a little bit easier. Because the one thing I, that I think, and, I, and I, I've, I've said this in the past, which is the whole thing with the FedCom, the, the original idea of a FedCom was an awesome idea. And the one thing that was the gotcha, the, the gotcha of Federation Commander, is when they had to add in multi-turn army weapons. That's when it killed it. I'm not saying that it's not a popular game because it is popular in its own sense, but it added that other part of complexity, which is okay if you're, if you're thinking about it as SFB light, but not to the point of almost beer and pretzels, you know, or have it so it's it's really easy to pick up, you know, at least that's the that's the way I see it. So, uh, if if we want to bring back uh, a new game from, yeah, to a certain degree, Chris is saying that um, Stormada SFU is closer to a beer and pretzels game than a FedCom, and I tend to agree with that statement. Um, the, of course, again, um, the, the the big issue with Stormada SFU is. Look at the thickness of the rule book. Create a rule book, which is the size of the original SFB game. That's the size that you want to give people. You know, um, I was I've actually I've not looked at, the, at their games for a while, which is um, the company Cheap Ass Games. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> So, um, it was, I think, you know, great, the whole idea, it was make it very cheap and expensive games that people could play, you know, um, but, but then of course we, we come back to again, the, the, the original question, which I had, which is, um, can a non-computer based game that's a tactical board game actually have an audience? In this current gaming environment, yeah, absolutely. There's people out there that will play games, tactical board and, games, and, and we prove it every time. Every time, every single time that we have gamers, people are out there playing board mm -hmm. games. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't say they weren't, but the board games, because, but all all those board. Have you? Have you? I'm sure you looked at the board games, and. They're all okay. You have tracks or 
the, you have the different places where then you can go from this this place to this place, but it's not tactical. You know, you don't have people bring you know bring up you know, um, uh, what's the Civil War game you really like. <laughs> that which basically is a tactical board game, where you have have soldiers moving around the field. You know, in this case, they're represented by counters. You know, on on this Civil War battlefield. Do you see anyone playing that? No. And that's no, we don't see that at uh, the game. Much. Right. Which we is, may see that though at. May see more of that at like Origins or something. Right. Like that. Which is why I brought up that uh, that that issue. You know, earlier, which is. I'm not sure if my uh, view on things is slighted. You know, not slighted. That, that's a bad. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, skewed. Yeah, that, that's better. More of a term I was looking for. Skewed. In that. Bias. Bias. What? Biased. Higher. But skewed by. Bias. Biased. 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 Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that, that's actually a better term, biased, because of my limited personal experience, which most of it, you know, as I said, I don't go to, I don't go to Origins anymore. I don't go. I haven't gone. I've never gone to Gen Con. I haven't gone even to PAX down in Philadelphia. Um, and so I don't. I have don't have experience with a, a more a larger um, gaming community. So it's possible that you know I'm missing all those people and going yeah there's still there's still a, a vibrant tactical board game community, you know, because currently, as I said, you know, well, well, what board game geek is an excellent example to mm -hmm. find people, find games. True, but I think overall it's a very gradient community. I don't mean just SFB. Talk about tactical kind of games like that. Like, say, it, it, I mean, if you're talking about like, oh, Terrible Swift Sword, Flame of Bayonet, the old hexagon-based systems that you know you're you're running around on a very tactical sense, going pew pews with, you know, regardless of whether it's tanks, Civil War infantry battalions, or starships. That is a um, that's a growing community. Mm -hmm. Oh, I understand. Not, and it, that's something that's actually an issue for um, the miniatures world gaming community as well. Mm -hmm. But but in the miniatures world gaming community, there is a little bit of a resurgence with games that are more modern. And uh, I wouldn't say less Brognardy than some of the older ones, but where the rules are a lot simpler. They're broken down into a simpler game. And I think if you really wanted to grow an SFB thing, well, maybe um, it could be done. But like I said, you would have to basically put out a new generation of games. Mm -hmm. Do 
something that I remember from one of the videos for Little Wars TV. They, they specifically addressed the issue of the graying grognard community. I mean, the guys who will participate because it's both a hobby. The, the miniatures wargaming thing at one point was basically both a hobby and a gaming endeavor. And it, it was hobbyist in the sense of you literally painted all your armies, you built all your terrain, you built all the things that went on your terrain. And, you know, gaming in the sense of learning the complex rules and so forth and so on. But a lot of the guys that got hooked into that back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, they're getting old, and not all of their descendants are picking it up. Mm -hmm. But there are people coming into the games from a younger generation that are coming in for games that aren't necessarily the older games that those guys play, but are newer games that, you know, not necessarily one-page rules, but not 90-page rules. And where the mechanics have been significantly refined. Because that's, that's an issue with SFB. And it's actually something that I'm looking at doing with, this is something we can talk about Saturday mm -hmm. in, in private, is um, with the game engine thing that I'm looking at doing is a way of simplifying and refining everything down to a few mechanics for any genre you want to do. Mm -hmm. Whereas the uh, SFB, you're talking about cross-referencing rules and ways to Sunday. You're talking about, you know, all these different charts, which are conveniently put into the SSD for the most part. Right. But, but it's, still, it's still like a hundred different things. Yeah, but, but that you have to learn to use. Right, but the great thing about charts and, is that they're simple. You know, yeah, simple to understand. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, there's a huge complexity issue still, hmm? and it's intimidating to people that would come into it. And a lot of people say, "I if it's, we'll look at that and say it's a huge time sink just to get started." I mean, when I introduced people to playing SFB back in the day when I was in the military, I did it a lot. You know, I literally didn't say, here's the rules, go learn them. <laughs> I sat them down and just spoon fed them how to play, how the mechanics worked, you know, how the movement thing worked, how to do your SSD, you know, all that stuff. And it was a much better experience for those guys and blam, here's a book, figure it all out. Right, right. Oh, understood. Yeah, because that's, 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 well, that's the best way of learning anyway. I mean, any game, it doesn't matter what game it is, whether it's a tactical board game, a Euro game, a card game, is to sit down with somebody and teach them the game. Someone who knows the rules, right. teaching someone else who doesn't know the rules. So there's that. 
So, you know, the, the key there, obviously, is, is having somebody that's passionate about the game, that loves playing the game, and wants to teach it to others, basically be an evangelist, you know, which is... Well, the definition of evangelist is telling the good news, in this case, the good news of, of this great game that we know about. <laughs> well, another another thing is, you know, if, if, say, you wanted to see an SFB community grow... The, the easiest way to see a grill is to get it into Walmart. You can go into Walmart and find some war game, not very many, but you'll find games in Walmart. If SFB was in a national chain like Walmart, mm-hmm. on the shelf, you know, there would be people will buy it just because it has the, you know, the Star Trek look. Other mm-hmm. people will look at it on their cell phone, do a little research, and they'll walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, well, hard to say. Yeah, well, in that case, uh, p- but but I would say that if you wanted to see, if, if yeah, the, 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 the I, part. I think the biggest yeah, go. The biggest thing is this: it's a matter of adapting to the time. And if you wanted to see any kind of gaming grow, it has to reach out to the target community. And it has to be uh, viable and competitive with all the other things that are there to take up people's time. Mm-hmm. Understood. But again, the only thing I was going to mention about the whole Walmart thing, the problem with that is that if you get in, when you get into Walmart, now you're competing against the $20 game. And if people say, saying, why am I paying $80 for this game? You know? Oh, well, the, the other side of that whole thing is like, you know, it's like, why did I, why in the 19, early 1980s did I pay 25 bucks, which was a big money for a game back then, for a gleam of bayonets or a terrible Swiss sword? And, you know, and the explanation to my other Army buddies was, look, you're going to spend spend that on a night of drinking on Friday and it's all gone. I'm going to set this game up and play it for the whole weekend. And then, you know, maybe the next weekend I'll do it. Maybe the weekend after that. You know, I'll get hundreds of hours of game time out of this, and it'll be pennies an hour overall from my time spent enjoying this versus what you spend on one night of drinking right understood, understood. but that's a whole other issue yeah that, that, that that's target yeah, audience the, the issue of competing with the 20 dollar game for an 80 dollar game now it, that's that's just a logistics issue it's a that's a marketing issue if you're getting that kind of bulk to go into Walmart, I, he, he should be able to get a better production deal for the volume where the price can go down a bit to be more competitive. That's a whole other issue. And the simple fact is it comes down to exposure. That game doesn't get the exposure. If you, if you walked into a mall just did a survey. Just asked people, 
have you heard of Game X? You know, and everybody's going to know D&D. Or the vast majority will know D&D. The vast majority may know some Euro games. You know, they may know some games from popular TV shows. They'll all know stuff like Monopoly, things that they see in Walmart that they got for their birthday or Christmas or whatever. You know, (laughs) they'll know those common core kind of stuff. But Starfleet Battles, the vast majority of them are going to look at you like, and what the hell is that? And, you know, or even if you you talk to them about wargaming, like, you know, Napoleonic Wars or American Civil War games or, you know, insert Avalon Hills game line or squad leader or whatever game you want to throw in there, most people don't know about them. So, because they're not exposed to them. Understood. That's kind of it. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get competition with the computer games that proliferate in today's age with everybody having the internet connection, you know, you're talking about massive kind of task. Agreed. It would take significant advertising. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, on the other hand, who knows? There may be a resurgence in it. I mean, just look at poker. Okay? Poker has gone through, like, these waves of popularity over hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's an upswing and a downswing in it. And, you know, right now it's on a downswing because of COVID a few years ago, killing literally an entire industry, practically. And there will be an upswing to that sometime. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So... Short answer? Yeah, short answer? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yep. Agreed. Okay, well, with that... (laughs) I think the way to think back on it might be kind of like, how did you get into it way back in the day? How would you expect somebody else to get into it way back, you know, in the future then? Mm -hmm. I mean, people are inundated with ads for literally, you know, all sorts of computer games. And, you know, it's like you go, you browse YouTube for an hour or so, you know, depending on your interest, you're going to get hit with, you know, cell phone game after cell phone game. You're going to get hit with, you know, all sorts of different stuff. But are you going to get hit with an ad for Surfly Battles? No, not. And the people aren't being told about it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good luck. Understood. Because having it on somebody's, you know, gathering dust on somebody's shelf isn't going to cut it. There's that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're welcome. Okay, well, with that, we're going to have to shut it down because that's like probably should have stopped like 10 minutes ago. But anyhow. Oh, yeah, where are we past? Yeah, I, I, come on, I got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. So, really. Uh, oh, good luck. Yeah. 
I still gotta put everything together okay, for, for the Paul. Christmas. Okay. Well, you have, you have a good night, Doug. Hey, on a more positive note, um, I am definitely thinking about doing a uh, another fundraiser, rethinking it of a different way to see about doing Gamers of Summer and Winter. Mm-hmm. Haven't made my mind up yet about it. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you, Paul. Okay, welcome. Okay, good night. So, had a nice discussion about is as a big too complex or even FedCom too complex to be successful in this day day and age. Well, you don't know. There's still there's still interest there for SFB. There's still interest there for Federation Commander. That I know from the Reddit um, the subreddit that we that we have for SFB. We actually had someone just asking about the SFB. Of course we have the Starfleet Battles um, uh, Facebook group. We have of course Federation Commander Facebook group and the SFB online Facebook group, you know, these kind of things. And you see people interested in this and, and posting about it from all over the, all over the place. Now, how many of these people are playing it? Don't know. There are, you know, obviously there's some people playing it because of, I see people posting their games on, on Facebook, which is all, always awesome to see. And I hope that, you know, we'll, we'll see more and more of that as time goes on. Um, and the, the key there obviously is the people who are um, extroverts, you know, People not like me. Um, I'm, I'm, believe it or not, I'm not an extrovert. I'm pretty much an introvert, and I've, I've overcome some of that overall, but I still have my issue. Um, but anyway, with that, I am Paul Franz, and I bid you a good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.